0: Today we're going to look at a little bit of Israel's history and hopefully as we look at their history we're going to find some challenges and some encouragements for ourselves. I want to take you back first of all to the year 588 BC, Uh, taking you back to January the 15th of that particular year and Zedekiah is the king of Jerusalem and he has just rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar and uh, Nebuchadnezzar has bought his whole army and is now surrounding Jerusalem. And on that day, there's the beginning of the siege that takes place. Let me take you two years later. Two years later from that time, we're now at July the 18th in 586 BC. There's been famine in the city, a severe famine in Jerusalem. And now the Babylonians have just broken down a section of the wall. During that night, Zedekiah and some of his troops and his family, they escaped through a, a, a secret way that they've got, and they go out, but they are later captured, and they are now exiled and sent off to Babylon. Let me read a little bit further. In fact, let me, I'm now going to re- uh, return to actually reading from Scripture. Jeremiah 52, verses 12 to 14, it reads like this. On August 17th of that year, which was the 19th year of King Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard and an official of the Babylonian king arrived in Jerusalem. He burned down the temple of the Lord, the royal palace and all the houses of Jerusalem. He destroyed all the important buildings in the city. Then he supervised the entire Babylonian army as they tore down the walls of Jerusalem on every side. This particular period of the Jewish history is known as the exile and it's from here When the Babylonians actually broke into Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, they took all the Israelites there and took them back to Babylon. And this is known as the exile. It's a terrible time for the Jews. Everything that they had was now taken away from them. Everything that they valued, they valued the temple. The temple was really, really important. This was the place where God had shown himself to be. And now it was in ruins. God had departed and they have been sent into exile. Now they are found in the midst of a foreign land. And they are they're at an end to themselves. They're now enslaved. They're now in a foreign land. Everything has changed. The physical land that God had promised to them through their ancestor Abraham. Don't forget God has said to Abraham, I'm giving you this land to you and your descendants. He's covenanting that to Abraham. And now they've been taken out of that land. And they're found now in Babylon. We read in Psalm 137 something of how the people felt. Psalm 137, the first four verses. It says this, Beside the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept as we thought of Jerusalem. We put away our harps, hanging them on the branches of poplar trees. For our captors demanded a song from us. Our tormentors insisted on a joyful hymn. Sing us one of those songs of Jerusalem. But how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a pagan land? You can just imagine what it was like for them. Your old way of life has been completely changed. The things that were familiar around you, the things that you used to do, the practices that you had, now everything has shifted. And now you're found in a foreign nation. Well, like everyone, you have to start to get on with what is your new normal, despite the circumstances around you. In time, you become accustomed to your surroundings, but you don't stop thinking or reflecting back on what you used to enjoy, and you start to think, why did all this happen? Why has God allowed all of this to happen? When is it all going to change back? Now, we know from Scripture that 70 years of exile had to be endured by the Jews. And just to think, you know, 70 years, when I stopped and thought about it earlier on today, I thought, wow, 70 years, basically that's a whole of our lifetime. Now I know we might expect to live for 80 or whatever, but actually it's the whole of your understandable lifetime. If you were 10 when you went into exile, you're now 80 years old. That is if you're still alive because many people would have died in exile. And in fact, by the time we get to the end of this exile, so 70 years that have now gone past, We've now even changed politically, because it's now no longer the Babylonians that are in charge, but now we've got the Persians who are in charge, and Cyrus is now the king. And now let's take up what we read in Ezra chapter 1, first 12 verses there. It says this, In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord fulfilled the prophecy that he had given through Jeremiah. He stirred the heart of Cyrus to put this proclamation in writing and to send it throughout his kingdom. This is what King Cyrus of Persia says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He has appointed me to build him a temple at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Any of you who are his people may go to Jerusalem in Judah to rebuild this temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives in Jerusalem. And may your God be with you. Wherever this Jewish remnant is found, let their neighbors contribute towards their expenses by giving them silver and gold, supplies for the journey and livestock, as well as a voluntary offering for the temple of God in Jerusalem. So here we are 70 years later, and now this Cyrus, this king of Persia, is making an announcement to all of the exiles that are found in his nation to say, you can go back, you can go back. Now the interesting thing is that this isn't just recorded in scripture. There is actually a a, what is called a cylinder, a, a writing of that time, which is still to be found. In fact, it's found in the British Museum in London. You can go and see it, if only the museum was open at this time. But you can actually go and see this thing called the Cyrus Cylinder. And there is recorded the words, this command that was issued of Cyrus to his people. In fact, on the cylinder, it gives this order. It says that the exiled nations should return to their own homes, rebuild their temples, and take their gods with them. And actually to quote from it, from the script on it, it says, may all the gods that I return to their sanctuaries ask for a long life for me and mention my good deeds. So Cyrus is sending them back, but saying like, as you go back, will you let your gods bless me in the things that I am doing? Now, this announcement for the Jews was more than wonderful. Now is the time for you to return back to your own land and to rebuild and to make possession of that land. And we can read about these things in the book of Ezra and in the book of Nehemiah, where in both of those they give accounts of smaller groups of people going from Babylon actually returning to Jerusalem. And Psalm 126 describes the joy that the Israelites uh, experienced as they finally returned to Jerusalem. Psalm 126, the first three verses. When the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. And the other nations said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. Well, we've not been exiled to another nation and enslaved there for 70 years. But you know what? The experiences that we have been going through, they do have similarities in many ways to what I'm talking about. And the exile was a time of huge change for the Israelites. It was a time of purifying. This was a time now when the Israelites had come out of Jerusalem. Now they were in this foreign land and now they were being purified. God wanted to do a work in their lives and he needed to make a significant change to them. They were purified from the fact that they had actually started to not only worship God, but they were also worshiping other things. They were worshiping other idols. They were giving sacrifices to other idols. And this was part of everyday life. They were also serving themselves. In other words, they were actually, some of them were were actually working on the Sabbath day when they weren't supposed to be. They were still selling their goods and services in the markets, even though they were not supposed to be. So there was a lot of stuff going on, and God was saying, Enough. It's time now when you need to reflect and you need to think. This was a time of purifying for the Israelites. It was also a time of loss. As we've said, not only had they lost being in their own land, but they had lost the significance of the temple. The temple was where Yahweh lived among his people. This was where the presence of God was, and now that was taken away from them. So it's like the presence of God that they had was now removed completely from their lives. And not only was the temple removed, but now the temple had gone, or rather they were away from the temple, sacrifices could no longer be made. So there was no sacrifice, there was no temple worship. All of that had been taken away from them. And that was a great time of loss for them. But this time of change brought a time for personal reflection. Now the Jews were asking themselves, God, what have you done this? Why have you done this to us? Why have you made this change? And it was causing them actually not only to reflect in their own lives, but it was a time for them to reconnect to the scriptures. We know from the historical records that during this time is the time when they established the scribes. And these were people who were now taking scripture, were now inscribing scripture, were writing it down again. They were also taking the laws, which were their sort of oral law, not that which was written in scripture, but their traditions. And they were writing these things down so that they could actually maintain their religion in a foreign land. And so that this is a whole new time of change. It was a time for them to go back to the scriptures and to start asking questions. Hey, where did we go astray? What was wrong? What had God said that we weren't taking a consideration of? So it was a time of re-evaluation. It was a time of personal reflection. It was a time of renewal in the scriptures. It was also a time for the Jews when they actually established the synagogue system. Because whereas the temple had been the place that they were going to, now they were meeting in small groups, in synagogues. And of course, that tradition then actually happened. uh, That tradition was taken back with them as they established uh, synagogues when they returned. So there was a real time of adjustment and a time of change for them. But eventually, this time of exile came to an end, and they were all sent back to Jerusalem, and the time of return came. So when that release was given by Cyrus, every Jew uh, was given the availability to return. Sadly, many Jews had, got so in, had so embraced the Babylonian culture that they didn't want to come back, and so they stayed in Babylon. But there were a small number of Jews who were saying, like, God is calling us, we need to go back, and we need to establish things again. And so it was a small group of people who actually returned. But they returned with unity. There was a sense in which they had gone in disunity, they were all over the place, but now they had had this common shared experience of being in exile together, they'd suffered together, They've been in slavery together, and now they had that joy of saying, like, now together we are going to establish the work of God back in Jerusalem. And so there was a real unity amongst them as they sought to go back and return to worship God in Jerusalem. And you know, when it comes into talking about us today, a decree has been given, not by Cyrus but rather by Boris Johnson and his government. A decree has been made that we are now allowed to return to our places of worship. And you know that that means there's change for us. We know that as we come back to church here, there is going to be change. But we need to remember this. God is with us. God is overseeing this whole situation. He knows what's going on. He knows what he's trying to teach us. He knows what needs to be adjusted in us. And he's not surprised. Indeed, he is working his purposes out. So for them, change was necessary. But for us, change is necessary. Change was necessary for the Jews because they needed to get their lives free of idolatry. They'd been caught up in the worldliness of their own day. They'd been caught up in the worship of other things. We know that idolatry doesn't necessarily mean we have an idol in our house that we're bowing down to. It means that something has taken over the place that God needs to have in our lives. That is the first place. God is supposed to be worshipped above anything else. And therefore, if we're worshipping other things, even if it's our work, even if it's our children, even if it's our hobbies, when those things take over the place that God should have, then that becomes an idol for us. And so we too can be caught up in idolatry. We can be caught up in worldliness. Change is necessary because we need to make sure that God has the number one position. And you know what? We don't always know that change is necessary, but God knows when change is necessary. And therefore, whatever the reasons are that we have been through this change, or rather are going through these changes, God knows what he's doing, and he is at work in our lives. And we just need to surrender to him and allow him to do the change that he wants to do. Change was necessary. Secondly, change took time. For the Israelites, 70 years they were in exile. It took a long while. And you know what? I don't know how long we're going to have to endure the changes that we're going through. Really, for us, 17 weeks as against 70 years, it seems like nothing. But nevertheless, 17 weeks has had an effect upon us. And we've all faced various challenges during that time. Not all of them have been negative. Many of them have been very positive. The fact that families have, been felt, have felt closer together in their homes. There's been this sense of mum and dad getting involved in the education of their children and taking part in that. So there's been lots of good things that have taken place. We've enjoyed a different pace of life. We've actually seen, you know what, it's so frenetic, our lives, we don't always have time to stop. Sadly, I see that as things are changing again, the speed of life is changing up. But nevertheless, we've had time to reflect on that. Change takes time. We need to learn to be patient, and we need to allow God to do what he wants to do in our lives. So not only does change take time, but thirdly, change proved to be wonderful. For the Israelites, change proved to be wonderful from this point of view. When they returned, they were able to rebuild the temple. They were able to re-establish themselves with a new purity of their own devotion to God. And things began to change. And then as time went on, of course, this was the time that ushered in the time of the Messiah, Jesus, coming to them. So actually, although they'd been through much hardship, they came to this place where all of that hardship proved to be a wonderful blessing. Because the Messiah came and this was the saviour of the world. They went through change But it proved in the long run to be a great blessing for them. Hey, we're facing change. We're facing change about the fact of coming back to church. We face the change of not being able to come to church. The changes around us we're facing. But yes, there can be great blessing in it. Now, we don't know what all of those blessings are. God hasn't revealed those things to us. But we do know this, that God says the plans he has for us are to help us to promote change, to promote good in our lives. They're to prosper us, not to harm us, is what he says. And so therefore, we're believing that God is doing good things amongst us. But next Sunday, we're going to be back here and you'll be welcome to join us. Of course, it's going to be different. For starters, you're actually going to have to book in online to be able to get to know that you'll be able to come to the service because we have limited seats available. And you'll be able to find out about that on our webpage. You will And not only have to book it online, but you'll probably need to come wearing a face mask. You're going to need to be socially distanced. You're going to have to be uh, using the gel and the cleanser for your hands and things like that. And we're not going to be enjoying corporate singing together. So there's going to be changes. But hang on a second, because we can look at so much of what we're not going to be able to do. Let's remember these things too. We are returning to a place where corporately we can be enjoying God's presence together. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst as God. And even though we're not going to be doing worship exactly the same as we've been used to, it doesn't mean to say that God's presence won't be here with us. God will be here with us. God wants to help us. God wants to strengthen us. God wants to renew us. God wants us to be revived so that we as his people can fulfill his purposes for this particular time. His presence is going to be with us, and we need to be expectant that God is going to do great things amongst us as we come back. So let me encourage you. Let me encourage you to be at peace. Let's look at what God did for Israel. Yes, he took them into exile, but yes, he decreed that they should return. And as they came back for that return, there was a whole series of change that he had done in their lives and that he was going to continue to do to bless them as a nation and indeed the nations of the world, preparing for the return. Who knows that as we come back, there is a sense in which we as a people are preparing ourselves for his return, getting ready for the work that he has for us to do. So I want to encourage you this week, get yourselves prepared, get yourselves signed up, get ready to come back to church because we want to welcome you here and we want to experience all that God has for us as we meet back in this building. God bless you. I hope you have a great week and we'll see you soon. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.